developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome to Starving Universe On Call. I am Paul Franz, owner of Franz Games. I'm an SFB online, FedCom online, and Starfleet Warlord. Just remind how to join us for a talk cast every Thursday starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can either call on the phone, just dial 605-562-0444. Just follow the directions. Call ID is 17702. Or you can participate on the web. Just go to Talk's website at www.talkshoe.com. Search for call ID 17702 or Starfleet Universe on call or SFU on call. Any of those and you shall find us. Now, if you want the best online experience, the best online experience, for, for this lovely, lovely podcast and vidcast, or whatever you want to call it, um, go to twist.tv. Yes, twitch.tv. So go to twist.tv slash SFU on call, and you'll find us there. And we'll, if you're here at 9 30 when we start this thing, well, we start a little bit later than that, but when we start it, you'll be able to join the chat room and have a wonderful time with those people that have joined in the chat room. And I, I invite everyone to join. And of course, this lovely TalkCast gets to the podcast available on iTunes and various other feeds around the net. And I forgot one thing. And that if you want to, if you need to contact me, well, just send me an email at sfuoncall.gmail.com. It's S-F-U-O-N-C-A-L-L at gmail.com. Also, the Twitter account's also sfuoncall. So if you want to try me there, you can try me there. And, of course, and quick news from ADB. This week is no news. <laughs> Other than um, Steve had some minor surgery to get rid of some skin cancer on his head. And he's now uncomfortably <laughs> um, recovering from that. But, and for this week, the found on the online store, the product that I found was the SMB FNE TAC Ops Counter Pack it has 1,120 counters. This pack contains three copies of the sheet Tango and one copy of the sheet Oscar, including hundreds of new ships never seen before in FNE. Now, one uh, these are the counters for the FNE Tactical Operations. Now, there's a quick mention that they do mention on, on it, which is the sheet Oscar is not available separately. I'm assuming that they've had a lot of requests for that. And then also that's, I'm assuming why they have only one copy of Oscar and three copies of Tango, which is because they have limited supply of Oscar. So just keep, keep that in mind. Also a reminder, just keep a reminder that last time we checked, which is a little bit ago, um, on Shapeways, they still have 15% discount on new and enhanced fine detail plastic materials, clear and ultra gray. So if you use that, uh, the code FDP15, that's Franz, David, and Paul, 15 at checkout, you'll get 50% off on any purchase of $5 or more. So just a reminder. And again, a reminder that, 
to my knowledge, there is no expiration on that deal. Now, moving on to SFB Online Tournaments, well, Tournament, which is Sapphire Star 14, sorry, signups are now closed, and we do have a tree. It's posted up there, so you can see it. I am going to be fighting my Andromedan against um, John Malice. Malice, yeah, M-A-L-I-S. Malice, I think that's how you pronounce um, his last name. And he's playing the Klingon. I'm playing the Andromeda, which makes things interesting because it's that's always an interesting fight because the Klingon has those just disruptors. I hate those disruptors. Well, sorry. I hate the UIM for the disruptors. That's what I hate about the Klingon. And the Klingon has no penalty for using the UIM. See, that's what... I, that bugs me, but sorry. I'll move on forward. I could I could go off on, on the news portion and, and be just... Ah, sorry. Um, moving on forward, we have, uh, of course, the library report. No, no updates there, and that's mainly due to, to me. And I should have more time next week. Um, this past couple of weeks, I've been busy with help helping organize um, a, a Eucharistic procession. For those of you who are Catholic, you know what that means. Other people, it's it's just like a parade with the Eucharist, and it. But it's it's a wonderful show of our faith. So anyway, um, so I've been focusing on that. So I haven't had time to do lots of things. I've been focusing so much on that. Any other thoughts on my mind uh, aren't there? But I'll be working on. I should be have time to work on both the SFB library and the FedCom library in the very near future. And with that, that is the news for this week. And it's me, the one and only Paul Franz, welcoming you to Starfleet Universe On Call. And tonight, well, we got Jeff. Say hi, Jeff. Good evening, everyone. And we have Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey, how's it going? Going good. Hi, going here. Good. How are you? Good. Good. I'm just, well, come on, guys. Really? Don't mind me. I'm just, I'm futzing with Twitch, and it's just driving me crazy at the moment. Short okay. drive. You'll be okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that, 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 and that. That. My channel. Go like there. Go like that. You should be able to click on live. Bingo. Now I just got to turn down the volume so I don't have the wonderful... Echo. Ta-da! Okay. Now I'm set. Okay. Sorry for those just sitting there going, we just get things ready. Jeez, oh freaking flip. So pay no mind to the technical wizard behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the, the wizard who thinks he's the technical wizard. <laughs> or the guy who thinks he's the technical wizard. Well, I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> hey, I know the honesty hurts, you know. Um, but anyhow, actually, um, there's two topics for tonight. I want to do a, a really, really short topic, um, um, because of Sapphire Star 14 tournament has just started. I'm in this one. I 
probably will not be in the next one because I want to make sure someone else gets gets the slot. But you know, I haven't played for this is only the second tournament I've played in the past couple years. So I figured, you know, you know, I I really should play some so I don't get too rusty. Maybe one of these times I'll actually I'll play Jeff. Uh, Jeff, I saw your. <laughs> I mean, that might be fun. Yeah, that'll definitely. And the one thing is, I saw your opponent, Jeff. Yeah, I did too. I wish Looks you like luck. I'm going out in the first round again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> going against Peter Bakia. Yeah, yeah. Multi-rated ace. This this kind of thing. So, <laughs> uh, me, I. When it comes to the player, I'm playing John Malice, who I'm not sure how good of a player he is. He's not well known to me. Um, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an overall fair matchup the way I see it. It's, it's a pretty 50-50 matchup. It is the Andromedan. That's what I'm going I decided to fly the Andromedan this time. And versus the Klingon. So which I think is overall even. Though I think the Klingon has a, a slight bit advantage. The one advantage is, of course, those stinking UIM disruptors. Now, take take away the UIM, and I'm willing to bet you that Klingon will be definitely not. I, I was gonna say nerfed. I wouldn't say nerfed. I think I think it would be um, less powerful than it is. Still not quite sure why it has the UIM with. A non-break sorry, a non-breakdown UIM. While you have things like the the, the um, Andromedan has a displacement device, but it can break down. I'm okay I, with that. I can understand the weapons. <laughs> of course, you're okay with that. Most people are okay with that. everyone. Everyone hates on the, the Andromedan. <laughs> Paul, the Andromedan can. can... Paul, I'm going to point out one very simple, simple thing of the. Uh, of the two pillars of the the designer community that put this game together, yeah, both of them like flying Klingons. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and when it's your game, you and can spin it your way. Agreed, agreed. That doesn't mean I can't grumble. Oh, that's but, true. That's true. You can grumble. But I mean, I'm grumbling about who I got paired with. <laughs> Yeah, Chris, that is correct. The UIM cannot break down a tournament. It's uh, for for the Klingons. For the Lyrans, they have a one-use UIM, and after you use it the one time, it won't break down. But then it's it's not usable after after that point in time. Which I think is I think that's more real, real um, realistic or fair to have it so that the the Klingon only can use the UIM so many times. No, but again, that's me. But okay, the one thing I just wanted—I wanted to bring it real quick. I don't plan on making this the main topic. This is a quick, short topic, which is the Andromedan. And currently, it's better than it was. But here's the question: Can it be tweaked to be a little bit better, but not overall? Too powerful, and here, here's my here's my suggestion, and that is possibly, possibly, turn it down to two batteries. 
Everton only has two batteries to the three batteries, but but it's it's got an energy module, so that the energy can be drained out of you know from the panels into the energy module. Now, here's here's in my mind the beauty of using of of having it so that the Andromeda has the energy module. Two things: one, it gives the Andromeda the ability to have a target other than themselves. I know most people will just ignore it, but also there is there is a threat involved with leaving the energy module alone. Because the energy module can dissipate the energy that's in the panels. The Andromeda can then go, oh, thank you, transport that back in into the ship, and all of a sudden they have now um, more energy that they can dissip they can drain out of their panels. But it's and another beauty part about you having an energy module in this case is that you can use it to tweak it. You can tweak the, the, the size of the energy module because it's a tournament. You don't have to have it so that it is um, a small energy module or medium or, or whatever. You can have it so that it has, you know, how many, you know, two or three or five panels, you know, whatever, you know, you can you can tweak the number of panels that the energy module has to a degree so you finally can finally tune it so that it can actually um, be you know be overall fair. Now the one I've, the one thing that there's only one minor issue of course that would have to have one also tweak that have to happen if you did that for the batteries, and that is I feel like the Andromeda needs more power. I'm not saying give it AWRs like the previous incarnation. I'm thinking that it needs like more uh, like APRs instead of having two APRs have four. You know, have it so that it can run around to the degree, but doesn't have to rely on the battery. But it is limited by its defense because of we, we tweak down the battery and we have the energy module, which only can be. It can be filled up, but it can't be drained from when it comes to the actual Andromedan ship itself. It has to transport outside the ship to let it drain the pa drain the, the panels on the energy module. There's no way you cannot transfer the energy from the, those panels short of that actually being destroyed. So obviously, when it comes to, when it comes to the client, I am giving. Um, <laughs> the the one minor issue for me, if I if we, if that ever happens, is that I actually would have to spend the time, spend the effort to do something which I've yet to do in the client, and that is one of the things that I currently don't support is satellite ships properly. That is that if the mothership gets hit, you know, if you roll roll the deck the mothership and that mothership gets hit on the shuttle you know it's a shuttle hit that then gets hit on the any of the um one of the, one or more of the satellite ships that is in that hangar bay so that it doesn't it won't, currently it doesn't do that it doesn't actually okay what what, what what's the you know, bring up and say, okay, which which ship is going to hit? 
and then if it hits a, sh a certain ship, then it can, at that point, you know, allocate that on like the PA panels, or if the PA panels are down, then it does an internal to the ship, you know, that kind of thing, which is makes things interesting. But you know, if that's one of the things that if we if that ever did happen, I'd it would force me to do that. At the moment, well, um, the thing is, um, I think even a small energy module would be a hard sell. I think it'd be easier to try to sell giving the Andromedan um, up to two transporter uh, bomb-sized energy modules, the micro energy modules that mm -hmm. are one panel each, uh, and and let the uh, let the player choose between one up to one T bomb and one or two um, TA TA uh, modules. That way you could have some some versatility with it the thing is is that um even like i said even a small module is probably not going to want to fly simply because one you're going to have to add the hangar bay that's an extra internal on the ship it's already there and then you've got oh it's already got a hangar bay it's already got a hangar bay the the the, the um crate was derived off of the conquistador uh it's what I get for not looking at things before I open my mouth. Um, but the thing is, is that the uh, every time I've ever played a, a regular Starfleet Battles game with uh, with an energy module, um, whatever ship the energy module was on drew fire like no, like, like it was the only thing on the map and. Right whenever I popped it out to try to drain the thing, the energy module drew fire like it was the only thing on the map. And that's 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 a viable thing. Um, the Andromeda really doesn't have anything they can do to cause their opponent to split the, to split fire. Right. Not like the plasma races or the drone races. Oh, or agreed. the hydrants with their fighters. But... Uh, but... At the same time, Jeff, you just pointed out what I just said, which is that with the energy module, it becomes a target. Now, you know, oh yeah, which is good to a certain degree to the Dromedon because then it's it's kinda, they're firing at something other than you, you know. Um, and I, I I I agree that you know obviously that makes it really difficult to use, but of course. Uh, I think the one the easier deployment to use it against would be da -da -da -da, the Romulans or any one that are more willing to cloak. So if, if it's against a cloaked ship, you can put it out there. And do they want to come out of their cloak? Because if they're cloaked, they're, they're, there's a reason why they're cloaked. Um, yeah. Chances are real good that if if you if you beam the thing out while uh, while your opponent while your while Romulan's cloak rebuilding their plasma, um, it's going to have the time it needs to get at least one turn on the map. And I, what is it after thirty two impulses, or is it after thirty two complete impulses and the end of the turn? I can't remember how the how the segment on that works. Yeah, for the engine module to start dropping power. Yeah, I I have to. I'd have to look at that myself. But the thing is, is that if um, it would be it would be a boon against the uh, against the Romulan, 
And the thing is, is that the, uh, the Andromedan are weak against plasma chuckers anyway, because they've got no, they've got no ability to win. That's true. But at the same time, um, yeah, yeah, true. The, the only, um, when it comes to the Andromedan against plasma chuckers, there's only two defenses. One is speed. The other one's the Diz dev. That's the only two, two things yep. you, that you can use. Um, in which case, obviously, you'd want to have more battery power available if you're going to go against, an, against plasma. Um, but yeah, I, it's just one of the things that, that's been, just, I've been thinking about, and I've, I've really, would, would, I would love to have, have, have that uh, option, you know, to, to to switch it to uh, using um, an energy module. Cause that's, as I said, Maybe I think... we got to do some banging under the hood mm -hmm. and build up and, and make sure the client's up to the task of handling it. And then uh, pigeonholes a couple of people and do a couple of tests, uh, a couple of test uh, contests and write up uh, a play test report and see what the Steve's think. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I, I think that's definitely a, a place to... Definitely a place to go, and I, and obviously one thing I I have to do is one thing I've not done yet is I have not done the research, the full research on okay, if we did this, do the whole damage, um, dissipation, all those run the whole gamut, all the numbers for that, because actually well there, the thing is is that an energy module by itself requires a slightly different way of managing your power. Um, you, you flip your panels just like you would uh, with a bigger battery array. And the, the energy module is lower on the, on the cascading chain to accept released power. But at the same time, you have to make sure that one, you don't run yourself into a position where you've got nowhere else to put the power. And two, you keep your batteries topped up to take the power first, because again, there are, there are, there are mathematical limits to how much you can release at any given time. And sometimes it's easier, to, it's, it's more productive to radiate, ra radiate out to space after transferring to your batteries than flipping your panels. It's just, it's the math game behind why EA panels are so hard to really master. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I understand that, Adding the energy module just adds another complexity, a level of complexity to the Andromedan. But at the same time, I'm willing to do it. That's me. Um, come on. Well, the people who are committed to playing the playing the Empire um, will make the will make the effort, and 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 that's to be lauded. It's just it's one of those things that. It's one of those things that you really need to get a couple of really good data points on, and the only way to really do that is to fly is to fly uh, is to fly mock tournament fights mm -hmm. with, oh. with the with, with the modifications uh, and just experiment around it. Mm -hmm. Oh, agreed, agreed. You know, I I understand that the Andromeda, as it is as it stands, is not the easiest ship to fly when um, almost. Uh, I, you are constantly, I mean, constantly, as in almost every single impulse of every single turn, you're thinking about either, okay, 
How much energy do I have left? How much energy do I have in my batteries? How much, how much energy can I drain from my batteries so that when I get hit, uh, my panels get hit, I can actually drain it. And if, if it's if my panels are full of energy, okay, how am I gonna get? I'm gonna reduce the amount of power. How can I I tweak it so that I can drain enough energy out of my battery so I can do a panel dump or a possible panel dump? In some cases, obviously, it's not possible whatsoever well, because there's that, too, much, too much energy in the yeah, panels. If you got full, yeah, if you got full forward panels, you can't flip your forward panels. The the mathematics just aren't there. You, yep. you don't have enough battery to take the uh, to take the to take the excess, and I think that was partly by design when they when they stripped it down to three batteries because they don't want the Andromeda to, to turn around and do a panel dump and restore what is it twenty? No, it's um, it'd be twenty four points of energy. If you want, yeah, 24, if you had a full... 24 points of, uh, of protective power, even if it is over 180 degrees. Right. Um, no other, no other empire can restore more than two points of protective power a turn. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that makes the Andromedan really hard to balance against because their, their, uh, their PA panels have a lot of nuance to them that the galactics don't have to deal with. Yep. I I totally agree. I totally agree. Because the galactics... So what's it, the other topic for tonight? Well, let me, let me just yeah. finish up what I was about, about, about to say, <laughs> and then we'll, then we'll get on to the second topic. I mean, I have a radical suggestion. Oh, go ahead. So I have a radical suggestion for the Andromedan. What's the radical suggestion? You might not want to hear this. I'll hear it. But why not why not let it have like the extra couple of batteries but like cut the hole in half i mean internal hole in half when you take your internals yeah when you take your internals they mean more they hurt more but you have the ability to like not take as many internals you get more light on hull to start with um they the, exactly. the, the hull is very the problem, fragile the and the thing is is yeah, that you can yeah, damage yeah. the hull without battering through the panels yeah but the problem is that if you adjust the energy thing too much and it doesn't take a lot you you can make it like close to invincible you know if you can dump off too much power it's just one of those when we've talked about the Andromedan balancing it before. It's like it always seems like you're on that edge of if you go like one millimeter to the left or one millimeter to the right, you completely unbalance it one way or the other. And it's just such a odd tech setup that it it just my personal opinion. They really shouldn't have had a tournament cruiser for it because of, you know, the, the problems they've had with it over the years. Uh, so, but that's just my personal opinion. So, I mean, if you if you play around and give it the ability to dump more power, you might want to have it take more pain from the internals because the guy playing against you watching you dump all that extra power and get all that protective ability back 
you know, he just wasted his time if, you know, he just doesn't get good hits on the uh, the handful of internals that he gets. Okay, so you're saying the same thing for the, the Orion? And the Orion, people don't complain about the Orion. Yeah, the people don't complain about the Orion. I, I don't remember because that, that sucker self-destructs over time. All you have to do is survive it. Yeah, and what happens with the Andromeda? You know, you, you've got the degradation, so that yeah, when you hit it, you got permanent damage, which is really hard to repair, especially given the limited amount of energy that the, the Andromeda currently has. We got another issue going, and that is um, the Andromeda doesn't have all the places to spend power that the Galactics do. But any of the Galactics can can go speed zero in Star Castle, and the Andromedans can't. Um, and the, so it, it gets to the point where every box is precious to the Andromedan. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is that how many hell boxes does it have now? I think it's only four. It used to only be four boxes of hull. No, it has more than four boxes. I, I have to double check. Um, but the thing is, is that anytime you anytime you're running at reinforced panels and somebody does more than what is it? Um, Sixty. No, when you're oh, running oh, reinforced you panels, if somebody hits you with more than I think it's eight or ten points of damage, mm-hmm. you you end up taking a if if you have to if you have to run your panels at reinforced. And you and they do more than a certain set amount of damage. You take a you take a hull head, and if there's no hull left, it's it's a it's a freed up internal to go elsewhere. Yep, the leak rules. Um, not to mention the fact that between that and the uh, the 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 most popular or most populated heavy weapon in the game universe. Has uh, has only has to do three points of damage to a panel to degrade it, where everybody else has to do six. Um, no, no, I'm no, not no, no, entirely no, sure. We no, didn't Jeff. Do... Yeah, was, okay. You're not, that's not quite true. Um, three points. If you do three points of damage, that's one point of degradation. Period. Right. Because because of, of rounding, because it's twenty percent. Um, the the big gotcha is disruptors. I thought the this I thought I thought the disruptors is which I was what I was talking about. Get the sand get the sandblasting rule, allowing them to degradate more easily. No, the disruptors get the, the leak rule, which is if you do more than two points of disruptor damage per panel. So in the case of the front, if you if they if someone hits with like fifteen points of damage. Or, or anything greater than 12, there's a leak. Doesn't matter what energy okay. level that the, the panels are at, it, there's a leak that goes inside. And in the case which of. Mean, which means that the, 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 the reduction of hull uh, would be. I don't know. It, it's. You're right. It's one of these things where you're dancing on a knife's edge trying to find the right balance. Right. In the case of regular weapons, I think it's three times the amount 
of the panels and it has to go greater at that the Andromeda has to be forced to be at reinforced levels for it to leak. Yeah, and that I remember. So you have yeah. to, you have to you have to use reinforced power, reinforced panels, and yeah, it 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 causes the thing is is that it's not difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Jeff is breaking up. They yeah. can damage Envoy mm-hmm. when Cyber Nancy. Right. Their weapons are basically maneuver. Mm-hmm. Actually, that, that, that brings up the whole issue that I have with, with the fight I have, which is both of us have, have a turn mode of B. So that always makes things interesting. The good thing about it is that I'm, I'm, a, war, I'm, a, I'm a war cruiser. Give it the nine to fifteen bracket. What's that? Um, the good thing is I'm a war, sh- you know, a war cruiser, which means that I can possibly go faster than the than the Klingon and and um, and stay ahead of them. As, as I said, the, the big issue is a turn mode. You know, they're both the same, so it's not like I can go the same speed right. as the Klingon and turn inside him. You know, can't do that. Anyway, okay, moving onward and forward to the next topic. Next topic, dun, 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 dun. let's do I have it up? I have it up, okay. And dun, dun, dun. and let's see if that, that comes up. And I'm hoping it comes up. If it doesn't come up, I'm gonna have to do the, the manual process, and I just don't want to do that. Okay, good, awesome. That's what I was hoping, which is the sublight game. Um. I, I you know, got brought up <laughs> last week, and I went, you know, yeah, that's I know, kind of, I did it. Yeah. It was, it was kind of interesting. And, Jeff, I'm not sure if you remember or if you were even on the show when, when I, I I talked about this, which is my idea of what's called SFU ships, and which is really simplified down SFB down to its core and and then have people play using the, that core f- rules. Now, you know, I, I, I've looked over the sublight game and this, for the most part, um, is what I was thinking about. Now, obviously, there are certain things that I would tweak with it a little bit. Um, the movement is exactly what I wanted, which was um, maximum six points of six movement per turn. And of course, it uses the same old, same old um, impulse chart, but you know, with a max speed of six instead of a max speed of thirty-two. Um, when it comes to sub sub light, the power to speed ratio is one third. So for one, as it says here, one unit of, of impulse power is sufficient to, for speeds up to three hexes per turn and two units of impulse power is sufficient for speeds up to four to six. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I think is, you know, it's perfect. You know, you can do high energy turns 
Every single ship has the same breakdown, which is 5-6, the standard plus 2 modifier for the first het. Um, this is actually interesting. I, I, I saw this on that, that, that. This part just kind of went, what? Tact, tactical maneuvers. Ships in sub-light game can make up to three tactical maneuvers each turn. Each turn the ship, uh, each turn, it can, it can turn, sorry, it can turn the ship up to three hex sides and each costs one point of impulse power. So, so what that said, tells me is that you can turn with, on each, I'm, 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 I'm hoping I'm reading this right. My understanding from what I read is that each tactical maneuver can turn the ship up to three hex sides. That's, that's the way I'm reading it. Because okay. that sounds almost like a head. Yeah. Uh, that's what. But at the same time, you're going speed zero. That is a head, for the most part. Exactly like a head. Mm -hmm. uh, but am I reading it wrong? It says each can turn. The ship up to three hex sides, which to me, when they're saying each, each tactical, um, in the previous sentence it says the three tactical maneuvers each turn, and each can turn the ship. No, if you're limit, if you're limited to three tacks per turn, mm -hmm. that means your tactical maneuvers could turn you a total of three hex sides altogether. It might be, it, it might be that. That you've got a little bit of uh, of language in there. Mm -hmm. Well, I, um, I, I will. I will if, if, edited I'm, out at commander's level. Let's put it that way. Because okay. I imagine the sublight rules go back to designer's edition, and that goes way back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It 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 does go way back. All the way back to designer's edition. And actually, let me do this. This the one? Yeah, this is this is the one from the pocket edition. Let me just look and see if it mentions anything about tactical maneuvers. Nope, it does that. Movement. Da, 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 da. Yep, it doesn't mention anything about tactical maneuvers in the um, one from the the rules that are extracted from the designer's edition. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, what I'll probably do is I'll probably uh, put up the question. Okay, cool. You might get some blue language from the powers that be because there's reasons why they've never brought that forward in time from from the uh, from the breadcrumbs and designers edition. Oh. I remember talking to uh, Steve Cole about it on Genie back in the early 90s and and he was even then he was uh, let's let this corpse lie mm -hmm. apparently the starlight the the, the, the the sublight game was only really popular in 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 narrow scopes when you had uh, people wanting to try to wanting to try to portray the the, the first uh, the first interstellar war with the romulans mm -hmm. Oh, understood. 
which is kind of what it mentions at the, at the beginning, which is something like game, the first Romulan War. And saying the Republic game is functionally an entire separate and different game from the rest of the Starfleet battles. It represents the first Romulan War, which was fought approximately 100 years prior to the time shown in the rest of the game. The Republic game can also be used for play scenario for the early pre-warp drive wars between the Zinnis and the Klingons. Which is interesting by itself. This set of rules is not fully developed as Starfleet battles itself. Many areas such as mines, planets, scenarios, etc. are not covered. Players should adapt the translate game to meet these needs and in time an entire game or supplement on the subject may be produced covering this areas and this was originally written in 1983. Um sounds like almost like the X ships all over again. They never got back to it. But I, I, this one I cannot totally understand because I don't think there's nearly the um um uh, interest in the sublight game. But yeah. I but but I looked at it. This looks like, this looks interesting to me because there are certain things that definitely are of interest. Now, combat. <laughs> there's two weapons. That's it. Lasers and missiles. That's it. You got nothing else. And the laser beams are relatively simple things. Um, they're hit or miss. They're hit or miss. They always do one point of damage. Yep. And a range, you have to go all the way to range one to be a one to five to hit. Two to four, range two yep. to four, it's one to four hit. Five to seven, it's, it's a 50% chance at that point. Eight to 10, one to two, and 11 to 15, one. You know, it's it's a, a one six chance, one in six. Now, of course, the, for us, the ranges are weird. If you look at them because they don't go from like it goes from five to seven, not five to eight. We're used to everything to being um, modeled around speed, you know, range eight, which is overloaded range for all the heavy weapons. Yep. So it's, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what is kind of of interest now. And next, of course, is the atomic missile. Atomic missiles, you know, that's what the actual Romans didn't have plasmas back in the day. They had missile, they had atomic missiles. And in those, you have each missile launcher has four missiles, and you can fire one missile per turn. Now, the missiles were a speed 12, which is quite fast. It, it it does double moves every single impulse because of it's the fastest thing in in the whole game, which I think is I I, I like it. I think it's kind of interesting when you have each impulse you move two hexes, so and of course you use standard seeking weapon rules. Um, it does four points of damage, which if you look at it, four points of damage is a lot of damage with, with some of these yes, ships. It is particularly when you realize that. Uh, most of uh, most of the ships only have between five and ten points of armor, and with the with a couple of very notable exceptions, none none of them have any shields at all. And uh, we'll get to that part in just in a bit about the armor, which is I found really interesting. Uh, but anyway, okay, yeah, now it takes one point of damage to destroy the missile that's in, in flight. So basically, if you hit it with one laser, boom, it goes boom and it's, it's gone. 
And of course, you can fire a missile on, on another missile. But of course, missile racks are just like drone racks in that you can't launch from that missile launcher while you're re reloading it. So now, the, what was it? Da -da 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 -da. I, where is it? It was here. It is. Yeah, each ship carries eight reload missiles for each rack. So you have a rack, and you have eight reload missiles. So you have eight missiles. So in other words, it's two. Um, you know, two, two, two full reloads. Um, you can use warf uh, electron EW if you, if you want to. Um, the, the missiles are presumed to have three points of ECCM. Uh, now, the impulse engines are interesting in that you, it takes two hits on an impulse box to kill it, to destroy it. And while you, the first time it hits it, it still works at full power. But, of course, as big surprise, they added a, a special rule for this, which is only when one impulse engine box per ship can be considered half destroyed. I mean, if you hit one... Otherwise, otherwise you'd have somebody half destroy the entire array before, <laughs> before starting to lose power. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Now, the damage allocation chart, to me, is interesting because if you read it, the funny part is you don't have to destroy all the armor to get internals. Unlike Starfleet Battles, you know, the proper, it, the damage allocation chart has armor on it, which means. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, no, no, sorry, I, I, read, I read it now, now I just realized, yeah. You have, you have it's just like the, just like a regular dark deck, which you have to go through all the armor to get. You have to get through all the armor first. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm actually I misunderstood it because it's not in bold. Bold is single hit. Non bold uh -huh. is you have to destroy it to get through it. But you have, to, but the damage allocation chart is interesting in this way, which is yeah, okay, you have to go through all the armor, but then you have to go through all the hole before you actually almost all the hole. Now, if you roll a three or four, it's a single hull hit, and then it gets the shuttle and lab. But uh, you know, most of it <laughs> you have to get through all. Of, so and that makes it kind of interesting. And of course, there's a lot of systems that are not available. You can do repair. Oh, and you have to actually power the repair. Um, takes one point of the power can be allocated to damage control, in which case that. Gives you an amount of damage repair equal to what the current um, undestroyed uh, damage con damcon um, box, damage control box, track box. So the, the the damage repair costs are relatively simple. You got one point, one cost of one for a point on a shuttle or a fighter, five for a missile repair of a missile launcher, six for a battery or lab. 10 for a laser, which is interesting. Five, five, 15 points that have a half-destroyed impulse engine. 20 for APR or bridge, sensor or scanner, and 30 for, an imp for the full impulse engine, which makes sense because you have two half-destroyed impulse engines and you have a fully repaired impulse engine. 
which makes complete sense. Yep. And of course, as it just mentioned, big surprise, that mission launches have to repair it, then you have to go reload them. So even if you, you repair it, it, it's just like drone racks. You have to then load it up with, with in this case, missiles. Oh, boy. I've not seen a reference to this yet for a while, which is, okay, certain ships are available in sublight game. They're, these are organized according to race. Note the ships included in volume two are listed here for sake of production efficiency. <laughs> Anybody remember <laughs> volume one, volume two, and volume three of Starfleet Battles? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. I used to have all of that. Yeah, the Commander's Edition. That's that's the original yep. copy of Starfleet Battles that I owned. That's the first copy. I I didn't get it while I was still. Um, I did not get the designer's edition. I mean, back in the day, that is. I have a copy now in um, ebook form, but that's it. And you know, it goes through the different ships and and shows them, which is. Yeah, it shows how to create them is what it what it does. Like in the case of early D six, an early version of the D six was available. Eliminate the system listed in Q four dot one. Add for APR, change phasers to lasers, change rupture atomic missiles, turn mode of two. The early D six can operate at shield at minimum level. So uh, Q, oh yeah, Q 4.1, which is remove all, all the ones that are not there, like all oh, warp engines. Remove those. So, you know, um, I was looking at, okay, let me bring up actually, da -da -da -da. I want to bring up just a couple. I didn't, I, first time I actually. Brought that up, which is um, the sublight freighter. Has a three sixty laser. Not bad. Um, let's bring up the Klingon D six. Yeah, the Klingon D six, just like the um, the Federation CA has a minimum shields, so it's one of the the few ships that has shields on them. Yeah. How much power one of the reasons it? why six the the the, 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 sa the saucer and booms um, federation design was is what it is is because it was the first the first design they had available to them that could be shielded, which gave them an enhanced survivability at in that era. Mm -hmm. the Klingons were rapid to. Uh, jump on that bandwagon too mm -hmm. but of course i'm looking at the, at the klingon sublight d6 battlecruiser and um, yeah it has shields but also the one thing it does not have it does not have armor and nope. um, it has a total of seven points of power so yeah. now one thing I do not know because it doesn't it's not mentioned but my assumption is not which is 
it doesn't mention whether the um, phaser, sorry, the lasers are, phas are treated as phasers when it comes to having a capacitor. Mine, I, I'm not, I didn't see anything about the lasers that says it has a capacitor. From what I'm, from what I'm, what I'm to remember is, is there is no, there is no capacitor for the laser. They have to be allocated on the EA or powered with reserve or battery power. Right, which makes things quite interesting. <laughs> it um, changes the dynamic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because remember, also the shields have to be powered. They have to have the one point of power, and this has seven points of power, and then has three batteries. So it's got a maximum amount of power it has available is ten, which is actually quite a bit of energy if you think about it, but it has seven lasers so it's there's almost ne next to so it can it can move or it, if it wants to shoot everything if it wants to do an alpha volley it, it pretty much can't have moved yep <laughs> and um this is something that i'm sure i am positive that um and andy palmer would love 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 where you know the whole idea of you can either move or chew gum. You can't do both. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, the Zinni. The Zinni has four. That's weird. Um, the, the batteries have designators, all one designators. So it's got a total of what? Is that just four? Da, 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 da. Not looking for anything else. Yeah, it's only four four power and then it has five batteries. But it has also um ten armor. So definitely to me it makes it interesting against the Klingon that has has shields. It also has missiles. Uh, it makes surprise that the the Zinni only has four. Actually, wow. I was looking at. Okay, it has two. Wow. Okay, the question is, how do I know the difference? Hmm. Because I'm seeing something here with I'm I don't quite understand. Which is we have a weapons chart for a small laser and a regular laser. I'm not sure what the designation for a small laser is. Probably has to do with the uh, with the laser mounted on shuttles. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you got a good point there. I, I totally, totally forgot about that. Okay, let me just let me look at the those. And one turn has one laser each. Da, da, da. The laser is limited to a range of five hexes. Yeah. So that'd be your that'd be your small laser. Yep. But the, of course, the funny thing is about the the small laser also it has the worst to hit. So. Yep. 
but the thing is, it doesn't explicitly in the rules state that it's a small laser. But I'm, I'm willing to bet that you're, you are correct that it is a small laser. And we're seeing yet another reason why um, the thing wasn't brought forward into future editions. <laughs> Little discrepancies here and there. Yeah, well, well. Well, the, the other and, side is it's a totally different game. Right, exactly. And it was, yeah, which was pointed out at the, at the at the top of it, top of the rules, which is saying basically this is a totally different game from from Starfleet Battles. You know, it's got some of the rules that Starfleet Battles has, but it's not the same. Nope. And it's 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 mainly designed to simulate um, or pre warp. Um, the pre-warp era is what it's, it's designed for. So it's even before the um, er, you know the um, the Y module. It's pre that, you know. And that's actually one thing I have to I have to I have to look at, which is the um, early years, because I know the early years, a lot of them have warp, but the, but it's that kind of middle stage where there are some ships that have. Um, no warp, and just have impulse, like obviously the, the Romulan warbird, and the sublight snipe, and a few others. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, the, then yet the one difficulty is the I'm not sure about the years, because of in a way you wouldn't want the warbird. To, no, I, I have to double check this, but I'm pretty. Uh, if I call it correctly, the Warbird basically is has like six impulse or something like that. Um, but it also has a, a plasma torpedo, which makes things interesting if you try to translate um, atomic, you know, uh, a speed six. Um, movement charts to uh, with with a, with plasma because plasma is supposed to move speed thirty two versus speed six and even that speed six yeah it's it's pre war well the scales are not necessarily yeah. aligned in the way we think of exactly I'd have to look at the rules myself but they pro but the plasma if it's available would probably move similar to the high-speed drones, if not uh, three three hexes uh, an impulse rather than two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, that, that's true. I, I, that's one thing I'd have to look at. I'd have to look at to see if um, how if, the, if, the, if there is that translation year in the early years module, which also has the um, atomic um, missiles or not, where basically have a transitory period and have it so that you have the Rosetta Stone, basically, which allows you to translate between the two. It's an interesting thing to think about. Yep. And as I said, I remember I, the old tech tree thing. That's what it's reminding me of. Mm -hmm. The tech tree. Remember developing uh, that years a, ago? It was part of a campaign setup thing. Right. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, uh, oh, campaign designers. Yeah, campaign designers module. Or book. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember that one. Because that's when actually the whole idea is that you actually had a tech tree that you, you could go go down. The whole idea is is start with Stublight in the campaign and go forward and improving the technology and so forth, you know, as part of the campaign. Um, that might be kind of fun. Oh, agreed. If you got a, a good number of individuals that, that are really into Starfleet Battles and want to do something to that degree, you know, I'm, that'd be really cool. Because as it is, I don't think... I, be honest, I don't know of any games that actually do tech tree for a tactical board game. Well, strategic board game, even that. There, yeah. there was one that I could think of. I just can't remember the name of it. It was an old Steve Jackson game, one of the little, um, little pocketbook games, where you built your ships and you built your tech level as you went. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember. I have like a mental picture of it, but I can't think of it right now. Okay. So, and that's what that's what that kind of reminds me of when mm-hmm. we're, you were talking about like the uh, the tech tree, not the tech tree, but just the game in general. I was thinking of that. If there was right. some way, well, yeah, that Steve Jackson did it, and the tech level of the. Um, of your empire faction, whatever affected the abilities of your your build, like you know, versus the other guy in combat as well. And it's interesting. I just can't think of the name of it. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. No, that's fine. That that's that's perfectly fine. Um, the only pocket game that I can remember from way 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 ago, and actually I got. I think I got electronic version of the game, which is um, Warp War, where it was. That might have been it. It was a game. That's it, I think. Where you had systems, um, ship systems, and you can carry around the ships. And it was one of the only. It was. It, was, it touted itself as a game that didn't require die rolling. You didn't roll roll the dice to see if a weapon hit or not. It just hit, either hit or didn't hit. Simple. Okay. It may have been. It's from that era, though. Oh yeah. It may even have been that one, if, if you have it to look at. That's something that, if I have it, I think it's in storage. Mm-hmm. If it made it through that last move, so. But yeah, very specifically, not where the kids can get to it right now at their age. <laughs> uh, I'll look at it later. Apparently, I don't have access to it for some strange, an unforeseen reason, but I'm not, I think it's a little late to, to bring it up now. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up um, tomorrow. Maybe. But anyway. Yeah, so I I think the, <laughs> I would I would love to do like an online version of, of this game because that that was the whole idea of 
SFU Ships, which was basically a simplified version of SFB, or at least something that boils it down to the the basics of what what it meant to be SFB. Now, of course, the the one thing that of course the, the sublight game has that might kind of interfere with that idea um, is that it just has two weapons, has lasers, and has atomic missiles, and the lasers are one point of damage. It's either it hits or it doesn't hit. You know, unlike the phasers, which part of that whole phaser chart is, of course, the graduate, depending upon the die roll, you you do more damage or less damage. You know. What's that, Jeff? Yeah. So, that makes it kind of a little less SFB-ish. But I'm not sure. You know, you know it's, it'd be interesting. I, I'd, be, I'd be interested in, in, in playing at least. Let's take a look at it. Start start with the, start with this. Isn't there, isn't there a cadet module half that, that lets you use? Yeah, there, there's a, there is a cadet module, um, which any Palmer loves the cadet module because of the simplified ships. That's one thing. That's one of the things he he really loved about the, the cadet training module. Well, I was thinking that if you started with that uh, rule set, you might find it doesn't require near as much modification as mm -hmm. uh, Federation Commander or SFBU. That's true, and, and, and the cadet training manual also has a uh, robot player, which I've yet to implement. Because I'm actually, um, as part of SFB Online, I do have a cadet um, room, which has the, the the scenarios set up for you, so you you can say, okay, this this ship, this ship, this ship. It allows you to to play that um, and move the move the counters yourself. It doesn't. It, the there's no automation for that stuff yet but that's one thing that i was thinking about adding which is an automation for for um at the very least you know moving the um uh the drones because of that that's one of the scenarios where basically it's drone drone practice you well actually one of them is the first one if I call correctly, is basically you put out a bunch of drones and they, they, they don't move. You just, you just fly around and knock them out of the sky. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look at that more right now. I'm, I'm just trying to go through my copy real quick. And I'm, just, I'm not seeing it at the moment, but I'm doing it kind of rushed to look for it. So that makes sense. Well, like I said, the uh, if you uh, if you started with a more simple more simplified rule set, it might give you a better foundation for stripping even more things away to get you to where the sublight game would be. Mm -hmm. Changing out uh, impulse charts shouldn't be that difficult. No, no, the weapons wouldn't be that difficult any of the individual pieces themselves wouldn't be hard and as i recall there's not much in the uh 
cadet module rules that uh, isn't in the sublight rules to one degree or another. to just bring a single plane mode at the moment. Like that. Create a game. Cadet. Okay, scenario. Let's go with battle drill. And that's where you have battle drill was the first one where you have all the drones are pre-set up and you're, you're flying your one ship and there's there's your federation cadet cruiser da -da -da -da. and you you can fly and practice moving and also of course practice um just using the client i want to do is exit the game because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, come on. Okay, there's something. Ah, I think I might have broke something. It's one more time. There it is. Oh, okay, it's under attack. Mm -hmm. This is the one. Yeah, that is it. There's a minor bug. You can see Constellation, which is Federation, and you can change change it so that you actually can use a different cadet one, and you can do the Coda incident. Then you have all you have the freighter, and you have the Constellation, and then you have the three Klingons. One, two, you can. Play that scenario, but we'll, you know, it's it's you know it it's it's in there. So just one of the Chris Newsy was was saying, oh, they're in the clients. I guess they're in the clients. So they're just in there. They're in there. I have a whole different room called the SAB uh, Cadet, and that's for training. So you can go through the, the idea is like. I put in the scenarios themselves so that you actually can learn, go through the cadet training manual. You know, the, as I said, the only thing that it doesn't have, which is the uh, robot player, it doesn't have, it doesn't automate the moving of the um, drones. So, but I think it might be a good thing. But anyhow, I think we, need, we should wrap up with that. Big surprise, it's getting late. And of course, I have to get up bright and early tomorrow morning. Hey, Paul. Yes. Um, did I get to mention last week before I dropped uh, that uh, we found a place for gamers this summer? I no, not not on the podcast. No. Oh, okay. When well, we lost hey, last talk to you, Jay. Yeah, we we found a place for gamers this summer. It'll be Labor Day weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And pre-registration is open. 
We don't have a lot of events listed, but uh, if you guys want to run a tournament or something, that would be awesome. Yep. Yeah, and also, if you want to like send me a you know, schedule in Facebook Messenger there, that would be fine, too. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. There's oh. so, that. Okay. Cool. Both. And we'll see progress in, in the future about who's coming, what's coming, and then hopefully we'll see more more people this time. Um, you know, always good to, to grow if, if, you know, it's always always good to grow. End it there. And if, if you want to, maybe, um, maybe schedule a future podcast, not necessarily next week, but sometime in the near future towards, you know, special event to run you know talk about things to do mm-hmm. good thought yep i think it's i think it's a great idea i also have to i want to contact the fne people which i still got to do about getting someone on to, <laughs> to talk about fne for one or the at least one of the the podcast you know maybe drum up some business for uh, stratcon if there's anyone who listen listen to the podcast and isn't already on the discussion board, uh, we'll be at the Red Lion Hotel in the uh, Lancaster room. Okay. On Eisenhower Boulevard, just off of Harrisburg. Okay. But it's, it's listed on the uh, on the website and all that happy stuff too. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, Doug, you have a good night. Thank you. Jeff, you take care out there. Drive safely. Stay on the road. <laughs> yep, keep the dirty side down and between the lines. Yep, that's that's a good thing. It's a good thing. You take care. Bye. So, hello. Run through on the SFB sub light game, which definitely has some quirkiness compared to the SFB. And I think it, I'd, I'd like to play at least a few games of it. Maybe just, you know, paper and pen, sit down, print out a couple copies, and just run through it just to see how it it looks, you know, how does it play. I, I obviously. I think the the Klingon versus the Zinni setup that that fight will be the most interesting to me, just because of you got a Klingon which has more power, more weapons overall, um, and it has shields, versus the Zinni which has armor versus the the Klingon who doesn't have armor, and you have more missiles. And you have actually, believe it or not, you have quite a few lasers. Um, but it doesn't have the power to to, to fire the lasers. Um, it's just, it, it's, from the looks of it, the Zinni is like one giant battery. You have to charge up the batteries and then you get ready for your, your attack run. And that's when you use your batteries on your attack run. And then you run, run away and you recharge your batteries and then come back again. So, a battle against those two would be quite interesting. 
So with that, I am Paul Franz and I bid you a good night.